Good timing. Man, what a joke. Oh, my God. What are they doing? That was... <laughs> I just love the what the fuck. And then everyone's like uh, just laughing at Kat. Poor bastard, man. Like, how do you not even consult with the guy? Like, why is Glenn Taylor showing these guys the ropes when he's led a losing franchise for the last time <laughs> Garnett was there? I wonder what happened. Like, why today? Like, what triggered this? Like, aside from being a crazy old man, like, what else triggered this for him? To, to <laughs> what did I know within a day? Like, the reporting, like I said, with, you know, Woj and Shams is too good. Like, the guy from Minnesota, Krasinski, Krasinski? whatever his name is, for yeah. Athletic. Like, he'll have it within, like, a day. Yeah, Jim from the yeah. office is great, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think yeah, what's probably going to end up, I probably what's going to end up happening is it's going to be something like Rosas was unwilling to part with D'Lo for a trade with Ben Simmons, and then they're like, "The fuck." It's probably it's probably Ben Simmons related. Yeah, like they could he couldn't get the deal done, and then Daryl Morey probably is like, "We're never trading with you," as like a like a diversion tactic or trying to like make them up their offer. And then they're like, what? No, we need Ben Simmons. And then, yeah. This is like the perfect time to trade for him though. His value is so <clears> low and they have to trade him now. So now you can lowball and get him for Russell Ooh. and Beasley, Philly? I guess. Philly has to trade him. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. That's why what, that's what I said. Daryl Morey is my X factor, man. The guy doesn't like to lose trades. He's going to lose this one. Yeah, most likely. You can't win this one, possibly. Like, what, what does he expect? Like, eight first-round draft picks? Yeah. Seems that way. Pretty much. He wants a hardened package. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran. And on the line, the Iceman himself, the baby daddy, Josh Cohen. How you doing? Very well. I think we're one week away from media day and, what, two weeks away from the preseason starting? Exciting times are ahead. Hey, man, you asked Doc Rivers, media days all year round, you know? That is very true, but not for Ben Simmons, but we'll get to that. <laughs> the banger in the paint, our residential medical expert, Rajan Walia, how you feeling, man? You know what? Uh, this is like spring for us. This is just the beginning of... The NBA season kicking off. We're going to figure out kind of which teams are actually going to make some moves, which teams are serious, which teams took what they have on paper, and what does it look like on the court? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it, right? Like, we're, we're going to, I want to talk about something a little bit different today. So, if you watch like, uh, like ESPN's first take, if you watch Undisputed, you're going to hear all the talk about Ben Simmons, obviously, saying that he's not showing up to training camp next week. You're going to hear about how, LeBron is trying to integrate, you know, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard again, Russell Westbrook into the Lakers culture. You hear about, you know, the Clippers launching their new stadium, how it's going to be ready in three years and how there's going to be even more urinals for the fans so that you don't spend as much time taking a leak and so you can get back to the game. That's actually not bad. Like, uh, that's pretty legit. (laughs) That's actually very commendable. But I want to talk about something that probably wouldn't get as much hype. You know, I'm, I'm sure for all, all the Raptors fans are, are at our age, those guys that we used to call Gatorade X-Factors in every game, you know, the, those guys that they're not going to be the top line guys. They're not going to be the highest paid guy on the team or it might be. I don't know. Some teams are a little bit weird, but that they don't get all the hype. 
You know what I mean? I'm talking about some, maybe it's a glue guy. Maybe it's a second or third option. Maybe it's that defensive anchor, whatever. I don't really care, but you know, I want to, I want to hit those guys. Cause you know, everyone, everyone deserves some shine. So in the interest of things, I want to start going reverse alphabetical order. Oof. And in, in line with that, Raj, you're going to start first. So uh, why don't you start with your wizards? I'm not calling it a Gatorade X factor cause we're not sponsored on this, but your X factor <laughs> for this. A Powerade X Factor, but um, hey, anyone who's willing to pay. <laughs> well, this one is a good way to start it off. I've been a big fan of this guy. It has to be Rui. Uh, this is his third year in the league. Uh, he's going to have the ball more in his hands. I think there's less players outside of Bradley Beal that can participate in the offense. So I expect him to take a big step forward. And I think he will produce. I think a lot of people, including the rest of the guys on this pod, have been sleeping on him. See, I already disagree. I think that the X factor <laughs> of this team is Spencer Dinwiddie and how he comes back from injury. I think the team's um, overall outlook will come down to how he plays with Bradley Beal and if he can become a second star like a lot of people seem to think that he can. And uh, I think he's really the key to the team making the playoffs or making the play-in game at least and then potentially making the playoffs. Spencer Dinwiddie is nice. I mean, he's... He's often forgotten, right? Like, imagine if Spencer Dinwiddie was healthy for the Nets last year in the playoffs. What could it be? You know, that's a nice pick. He, he's going to be out for at least the first month or two of the season. Or is he starting off, like, uh, first game of the season, you'll be good to go? No, I think he's healthy now. I think uh, there was reports oh, yeah. that he could have played if, uh, you know, the Nets continued in the playoffs last year, which probably wouldn't have happened. But it might have been like a <laughs> Jimmy or Nelson situation from way back in the day in the 2000 and nine finals I think it was where he came back and it ruined their chemistry but yeah I think that uh, I think that you know for this season um, he's gonna have to really develop chemistry early with the big guys in that team and there's a lot of big guys in the team that's why I don't really think that Rui's the x-factor is because there's so many guys on this team that could play the sort of role that Rui's gonna play like if Kyle Kuzma obviously like who's gonna start between those two especially (laughs) And then you have Davis Bertans, who's getting paid $20 million a year. You have Denny Avdia, who they're trying to develop. There's a lot of like 6'9", 6'10 guys in this team that need minutes. So unless... Yeah, but you're telling me that Rui is not going to start over Kyle Kuzma. I think I think Rui is 100% going to start over Kyle Kuzma. I think Denny, is might, they might try to play him more in the guard, like a facilitator. He might be kind of like that Ben Simmons role um, where he's helping facilitate. Uh, I I don't see a situation. I think they look at Rui as not a piece that's going to be a top ten or twenty player you in the do. NBA, but I think he's a valuable. <laughs> I know. I, I think he can be in five years. He might be a top twenty five player. Didn't you say that two years ago? So I guess he's three years away from being five years away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He's on pace. You gosh. know what? You, you know what? I I'm gonna rest my case. We'll see at the end of the season. But I, I think the next team that's up is the Raptors, if I'm not wrong, Josh, right? And if speaking about being two years away from being two years away. I mean, we don't have that guy on our team anymore, luckily. Bruno's somewhere in Siberia, <laughs> I think. But uh This was a tough one actually. Yeah. Like I would say it's between OG and Scotty Barnes. Because I know they're going to play Scotty Barnes. Like, they're just going to give him minutes because they want him to develop as quickly as possible, even when Pascal comes back. They're going to play a lot of different lineup combinations. But ultimately, if this team is going to make the playoffs, I think OG is probably the X factor. And if he's able to take his game to one step up, like one other level, 
And, uh, you know, last year he made a jump. I think he did make a jump last year. Like, he's a pretty good shooter from the three-point line now. He you know, was hovering around 40% last year. It's just a matter of getting his dribbling up the par in order to be, like, a facilitator. I think that's his next step in his game. If he can do that, they'll make the playoffs easily. But I'm not sure he's Yo, I thought I thought OG's handles got so good during COVID because all he heard during the bubble was that OG knows how to handle the rock now. What happened, Raptors fans? What's going on here? I thought OG was going to be, like, the next point guard of the team. <laughs> he gets to his spots. I will say that. Like, he's a really <laughs> strong guy, especially at his position. Like, you saw him last year. He was guarding Nikola Jokic a lot of the time when Toronto played Denver. He's guarded Embiid. He's a really strong dude. And even though it looks clunky when he gets in the paint a lot of the time, he still gets there. Like, he'll back guys down like Boris Diaw style, just, like, crab dribbling his way in. <laughs> And if that works, it works. Like Kawhi does the same sort of thing too, right? Like he's obviously nowhere near as skilled as Kawhi, but it's the same sort of thing where it's like it doesn't look that aesthetically pleasing, but he gets to where he needs to go. Raj, did you have uh, OG as well? No, for me, like I think OG's year was last year, and I think he he's developed into an excellent like three and D player. He's contributed on offense. For me, it has to be Gary Trent Jr. I think. Him and he's going to get a lot of opportunities on this team to produce, especially with Lowry not being in the fold anymore. Um, he's young. They're going to give him the ball. They want to see what he can do. And uh, this year, I uh, contrary to what Josh believes, I don't think the Raptors are going to be a strong contender for a playoff spot. But I think this is the development year. I do think Scotty Barnes will have his growing pains. But this team will go as far as Geary Trent Jr. I expect them to put up close to like 20 points a game. Um, and, uh, they need that because if you look on offense, I don't think you can rely on OG putting up 20 points a game. You expect Siakam and Gary Trent and then OG to chip in close to 15. Gary Trent last year was at 15 points per game, right? So that'd be a nice little jump from 15 to 20. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, he's still young. He just got his contract, obviously, and he's trying to prove people wrong. And he's improved every year that he's been in the league. It's just, he's also short at the same time, so... I see him more as like a six man on a good team eventually. Like he's probably going to start for the Raptors, obviously. But, um, you know, he's a good value <laughs> add. I mean, even at like around 20 million a year, I think he's making 18 or something like that. I would rather have him for $18 million, you know, being 23, 24 years old than Norman Powell for five years having a longer type of contract. So <laughs> I still like that trade. Man, Norman Powell with the unsolicited shots here, man. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Unnecessary, Josh. Yeah. Totally necessary. I had OG too, so I like it. I like these choices, guys. Uh, let's move. <laughs> Since we already talked about Ben Simmons already, let's go to the Philadelphia 76ers real quick. Ben Simmons is not my X Factor, but you know, I think we got to shed some light on the situation. Uh, again, he said he's not showing up to training camp next week. Um, Doc Rivers has come out on first take, as I alluded to, said that they want him back, blah, blah, blah. Doc playing the media. And in typical Philadelphia 76ers fashion, they're just going to sit tight. And uh, my X Factor, you're, you're probably going to hate me for this, is Daryl Morey. Because uh, <laughs> it really depends on how long he thinks he can hold on to uh, a, an asset that's just like diminishing in return, right? So say that Ben Simmons decides not to come to training camp. He's not going to show up. The team, is, the team chemistry is obviously going to go down. How long before guys like Joel Embiid get tired of ask, of being asked, hey, where's Ben Simmons? Have you talked to Ben Simmons recently? What's going on with Ben? Eventually, your superstar is going to be like, yo, man, like Daryl, man, get this shit going. 
I don't want to answer these questions anymore. And at that point, it's going to be up to Daryl Morey to say, hey, Minnesota, let's take on that package with Jordan McLaughlin and whoever else you're, you're going to send out, right? Um, so for me, it's Daryl Morey. I mean, it's depending on how much you can get back for Ben Simmons and then that'll bring them either to the next step and be a title contender again or just, I don't know, second round and out again. I feel like this story really only starts in the month of November because there's this weird clause in Ben Simmons' contract where he gets paid half of his salary up front, and then he can only get fined starting in November. Um, I think it's like, what is it, 300000 per day that they can fine him if they choose to. That's another thing, too. Like, they don't have to do it. Like, you might piss off, you know, Rich Paul and his clients, one of them being, you know, Tyrese Maxey who's on the team as well. And he's, like, if you're talking about players, Tyrese Maxey is the X factor of this team, right now anyway, until they figure out the Ben Simmons situation. Because he's going to be the lead guard for them, and he's going to be the guy creating a ton of offense for them in his second year. And is he ready for that role? I don't know. He could be. I mean, he played pretty well in the playoffs last year, and he showed a lot in summer league. He actually showed, like, he can be, you know a guy in the summer league like you get a lot of guys in summer league where they're in their second year and they don't show up that's when you got to be worried but he showed that like he shouldn't be there which is what you want from a second year player yeah yeah. say no more i i agree with you maxi especially because the sixers are just moving on from simmons and maybe whoever they bring in if it's not a a proven star would be the x factor because they expect that player to start but uh right now it has to be maxi so how long do we think this is going to play out for? Is he going to get traded before they have to start or potentially finding him? Hold on. Why is it that people think that once, like, say he gets fined like $5 million or whatever for not showing up to camp or like the 76 is just withhold payment of his contract, right? Why is it that people think that he's not going to get paid this once he gets traded, right? So like say the Timberwolves trade for Ben Simmons and there's like $10 million that he hasn't been paid. Are we really to think that the Timberwolves aren't just like, here, okay, take your $10 million. Like we, we understand what's going on here. We're not going to keep your money. You know what I mean? Like, the, the payment just goes to the next team. So, obviously, the next team would just pay him no matter what. It's not like he's losing money. It's just, like, deferment of payment at this point. Well, I think if it gets into the regular season, though, and he starts losing games, I think that's when it becomes a problem, though, right? Because then he can't get that money back, I, I don't think. Only, only if they find him. Oh, they're gonna. I think they otherwise, will. if they just with it's, it's an un- unprecedented situation, yeah. obviously, and I think all of us are secretly hoping that it continues for the next few months to see like who blinks of course. first. <laughs> Pure chaos, man. Pure I, chaos. I think you. I think you actually have to find him. I don't think they'll find him every day, but I think the the precedent is going to be set here, and it's for the league because you can't just have players demanding on where they get traded. Like it really like makes the organizations lose their any bit of leverage they have. So I think they will find him. Do I think they'll find him every day? Do I think they'll disclose how much they're finding him? Uh, no, but I think the article will come out if he's still a 76er come the day they can start finding him, that he was fined. Will it stop? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think what they're reporting nowadays and how great it is, like Woj and Shams, one of those guys will get it before anybody else. And it's going to come out <laughs> daily, I think. Like There's too many good reporters that are locked in for that kind of information not to come out. So... I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be juicy. And the one thing is, like, Ben Simmons hasn't really, really stated, like, he's not going to play for a specific team. So I'm really hoping that a team like, you know, the Timberwolves or the Kings actually trades for him and he's actually able to hopefully build on what he was, you know, two years ago. (laughs) 
Maybe he'll get traded to our next team, the Orlando Magic. <laughs> that would no. be, uh, I don't even know if every player, currently every player on the Magic would be sufficient for Daryl Moore to be like, this is a win. Like, there's yeah, a bunch right. of players that, there's a bunch, no, I'm kidding, obviously, but there's a bunch of players on this Orlando team that are like, you would be a bench player. I struggle to find five starters. Damn. Five starters? Like, t- you don't think so? Tom. Tell me I'm I'm not wrong. Like, yeah. look at this roster and tell me there's five starters. I think you have, like, one for sure starter as long as he comes back healthy and Jonathan Isaac. I really like his game. Like, he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's why I said for now. for sure. Hold on, hold on. You're, no, no, no. Wendell Carter Jr. is easily a starter in the league. No, not a good one. No, no, no. Also, he's the X Factor, by the way. He's my X Factor. Oh, of course he's the X Factor. That's why I said he's... He's a starter. How can you have an X-Factor that's not a starter? No, no, no. If you go through most of the teams in the NBA, he's not going to start for them at center. And he is a center at this point, too, right? He's he's uh, not a power forward. He's not a good enough shooter to be a power forward. He is pretty mobile, but he's not a good enough shooter. And this is obviously the biggest year of his career because he has a contract extension potentially coming up. And if they don't come to terms, then he's going to be really pushing to become like a 10, 15, maybe even $20 million player if he plays... That kind of role. Because he's going to have all the opportunity in the world. They don't really have anybody behind him. Like, I love Robin Lopez. I actually like Mobamba, too, but he just never plays. So, Wendell Carter is going to have all the shots, all the rebounds available to him to pad all of his stats. And he's my X Factor going into the season. Yeah. Like, I look at this team as, what what does X Factor mean? That, like, it's make or break. Like, this is the player. Like, this team's broken. Like, there is, like, these are a bunch of pieces. Like... What's the X factor? What's the ultimate well, goal they're, here? They're trying to determine I, I which guys they're going to keep moving forward, right? And there's a lot of guys in this team that they can fetch something for. It's just a matter of do you want to keep them in your core, in your nucleus, right? How many nucleus guys All are right. there on this team? There's Jonathan Isaac. Um, I mean, Wendell Carter, maybe, right? Markel Folds, maybe. And then obviously you have the rookie too, Jalen Suggs. So he's definitely in the new. Suggs is obviously. Yeah. So you have two guys, and then the rest of the guys are like, what do we have here? You know, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony? Yeah. Franz Wagner? They've got a lot of guards. Like, honestly, they got the guy from Denver too, RJ Hampton. (laughs) Yo, RJ Hampton's going to be nice, man. In like two years, he's going to be a really good player. Watch. For for me, for me, the X factor, if, if we're putting this as their ultimate goal, I think Markel Fultz, I think this is the year they determine, do they give him the keys to continue running this organization as the point guard? Because you have such an important role of distributing the ball, running the offense. Do they continue with him? Or is this now a team where you're like, you know what, we may try to get the ball more in Jalen Suggs' hands and move on from Fultz. So that's my X factor. And I think uh, Fultz is probably due for a contract extension after this year. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. I mean, with Fultz, he's coming back from an ACL tear, I believe, too. So I think from day one, like yeah. Jalen Suggs is going to be the guy. And then Fultz will be a guy that's either playing beside him whenever he comes back. I'm assuming he's not coming back on day one. and uh, he, Or he might yeah. just be a bench player at that point. Man, they do have a lot of guards, eh? Suggs, Cole Anthony, Fultz. Etwan Moore, our boy, RJ Hampton, oh. Chance Ross is still there. They have Gary Harris for another year. This is a very guard-heavy lineup. Jesus. Yeah, it's going to be a heavy tankathon between them and OKC this year. Yeah. yeah. They have, oh, Canadian Ignaz Brazdiskis. I like him. 
moving on. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, all right, Josh, give me your New York Knicks X Factor here. Give me somebody good or mediocre. <laughs> I, I think the X Factor for the Knicks is pretty simple. I think it has to be Kemba. I think he's the guy that could potentially make this team potentially a second-round team if he gets up to Ooh. 85 90% of what he Ooh. used to be. Um, and, you know, as long as Thibodeau doesn't abuse the crap out of him during the regular season, maybe he'll be fresh for the postseason, but that's a big if, obviously. Uh, I, I got to disagree. I'm going with R.J. Barrett on this one, man. Thank you. Yeah, he's going, into his, he's going into his third year. All, I think all the attention is actually going to be on the guys like Kemba, Julius Randle. Uh, obviously, Derrick Rose is still there. And then RJ Barrett is just going to have like this easy incline of just like doing whatever he wants. Last year, he played all 72 games, which is huge. He also averaged 17 points. Like, I think the guy's got a lot of potential and a lot of time to grow, man. I think th- these old guys are going to get a lot of the shine, and he's just going to like... Just gonna keep creeping up there. Yeah, but how can he be an X factor if he's just in the mold? If he's just in the fold there, you know, being a guy. He's gonna be better for the because he's not gonna get the same like media hype, but he's still gonna be the X factor. No, I think he has to go out and take it. Like he has to be a guy that's a lead ball handler on this team in order to be the X factor. But he he won't be allowed to because Kemba and Derrick Rose both need the That's ball. That's my point, though. Like he has to prove that he's that good in order for Tibbs to say, nah. "Here's the ball, it's because, go out and get nah. it." Because those those guys can't play in the in crunch time, man. You're gonna have Kemba and Derrick Rose in crunch time? Are you crazy? I never said that. I'm just yeah. saying, like, he needs to prove that he is the guy on the perimeter. He can't just be one of the guys because Fournier can handle the ball, Kemba can handle the ball. Derek Rose can handle the ball, so he can easily disappear throughout games, and he can't be that guy going into next year. So he's going to really have to show something in the first, I guess in the preseason, first of all, but then the first couple games of the year to show that I should be a 25-plus percent usage guy on this team, not like a 20% guy, you know? For, for me, I look at this in terms of Kemba Walker, obviously his first year in New York, but I think over the course of his career, we without injuries, obviously plays a big role, but... We kind of know what we can expect from Kemba. We know our limitations. But I think this team goes as far as R.J. Barrett's progression or regression and how he's able to establish his role in the team. Like, if he's able to have a continuing upward trend, last year he had an improved season compared to his rookie year, then I think this Knicks team could maybe go to the second round. Depending on the matchup, they could maybe even push late in the second round. Um, But I think if he ends up regressing, if he hides behind Fournier, if he's... Uh, deferring a lot to Walker and Rose, then I think this team is actually going to be stunted in their growth. Because, what, RJ Barrett's 21-22? Like, they need him going forward. So he has to be the X factor. Kemba Walker's just a, like a, a, a offensive uh, a weapon that they're, they kind of know what they're expecting from him when healthy. Yeah, I, I believe that. Uh, yeah, also, Evan Fournier, I don't think is going to get much playing time. What? He got, yeah, he got paid, though. Oh, he got he got the bag, man. I'm not taking anything away from that, but just watch. Just watch. So you're basically Josh. saying I, I he's going to-, to be the most hated man in New York because they are not going to appreciate him if he's getting 20 minutes a game on a 20 million dollar contract. Hey, what else is new with the New York Knicks? You know, but what? I I just don't think he's Thibodeau's kind of player. Then why would they sign him? I don't him? think he's. They needed offense. Honestly, yeah, they, they needed, needed offense. offense. The guy's not going to play. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, well, he, he didn't play that well. Play, but you know what I mean. Like he's not going to get like thirty-five minutes a game. Like he's not going to be Thibodeau's guy. 
don't know. He's not a point guard. No, he's a shooting guard, right? Like, it's going to be him and, yeah, you know, doesn't like shooting guards? two and three. <laughs> when was the last time Tibbs liked a shooting guard? Other than Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. <laughs> Before and after Jimmy Butler, name a, t- a typical shooting guard. Ben Gordon. <laughs> Courtney oh, Lee. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, man. Chris Duhon? Nah, B. Let's move on. Raj, why don't you talk to me about the reigning champion, Milwaukee Bucks? Who's your X Factor for this team? It sounds weird to say, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Just reigning champ. I'm still going to have to take some time to get used to it. But this one's a tough one. I think, obviously, they have their three, big three kind of established. And I don't want to go through Giannis, Drew, or Chris Middleton. So I'm going to try to go a little off the cuff here. And I'm going to say Bobby Portis. I think he had a huge kind of role on, on the Milwaukee championship run. And I think he's kind of found his niche. I think they're going to look at ways of maximizing his potential. And especially with uh, protecting Giannis, protecting, um, what's it called? Uh, Brooke Lopez as well. I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunity, especially in the regular season, to establish uh, himself as kind of their sixth man. And uh, I, I think this team really needs that player to help kind of propel them forward. Yeah, I think ultimately their X factor is uh, Brooke Lopez because he's, you know, he's 33 years old now and he played pretty well last year. But ultimately their defense comes you know, to a head with you know, him and Giannis in the front court. And how they play and, you know, how they protect the paint, obviously. Like, he's a very good shot blocker. He's very good at drop defense as well. But his shot wasn't looking so great last year. So, I think they need to sort of protect him throughout the course of the regular season so he's fresh in the playoffs. Because he's a very key player for them. And Bobby Portis will get some minutes in certain scenarios in the playoffs, depending on the matchup, as long as he's not playing Brooklyn. Um, but ultimately, Brooke Lopez doesn't have anybody behind him like P.J. Tucker, for example, where they can play small ball um, as of right now anyway. That might change come trade deadline, but they don't have as many options in the front court. So I think that he's going to be the key for them in staying healthy, first of all, but also just playing up the par. Are we expecting White Dante to come back like midway through the season? No, no, no. He should be back soon. Yeah, I think he's yeah, ready like, by uh, game one. So he's another X factor too. Like uh, even Grayson Allen as well. Like both those guys are playing for contract extensions. Yeah. But I'm not sure either one of those guys is an X factor because if one's not playing well, you just play the other guy. And plus, you have George Hill now, yeah. who they re-sign. And anytime he's on the Bucks, he shoots fifty percent from three. So he's also an X factor. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Giannis is taking a, another like whole defense to the paint with him, it's kind of easy to get open looks, you know. Uh, I was gonna say Grayson Allen if White Dante wasn't playing for the mo- like half the year, but he's playing. Then I think you guys got it right. I think between Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis, those are the guys that they're gonna be like low key reliant on. Not obviously not the big three between Giannis Middleton and Drew Holiday, but you know those guys that are there that do the dirty work for the team. Uh, speaking of dirty work, guys, let's let's move on to our Heat culture in Miami. This team is a. Uh, this team is interesting, to say the least. I mean, they obviously got Kyle Lowry over the offseason, obviously, obviously as well as P.J. Tucker. Uh, but there are a lot of guys that we can label as like an X-factor, right? Because obviously the ba- the main guys are Butler, Adebayo, Lowry. But, you know, you can think of Duncan Robinson, uh, Tyler Hero, Udonis Haslam. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that one. I got that sure? one. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, UD, UD off the bench, boy. 41, 41 right. years old. Gatorade X Factor. He was around when Gatorade X Factors were a thing. How about that? Jeez. Uh, he was... Uh, He's not my pick, Peter, but I'm I'm gonna have to go with the opposite of 41, number 14, and Tyler Hero. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah, because he, he's kind of the player that's gonna be coming off the bench, and they they valued him really highly. Obviously, after his amazing rookie campaign in the bubble, uh, he had a, a downward second year, which is not uncommon. But this team, if they can get this even close to the same level of production as he was in his first year. I think this team can go places, but uh, it comes down to how well he can run that second unit because I don't think he's going to end up starting with uh, with kind of their current lineup. And maybe he'll play in certain situations down the stretch, but Tyler Hero has to be their X factor. I agree. He's my pick as well. Um, I've heard that Reese needs to become a father as well, so he might get that Fred Van Vliet push as well. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to play how he did in the bubble in order for Miami to actually have a chance because in the playoffs, they're going to have a hard time scoring a lot of the time, especially if Bam's afraid of taking that mid-range shot like he was against Brooke Lopez in the playoffs. Um, I think that Bam's going to have a really nice regular season, obviously, um, playing with Kyle, but uh, ultimately Tyler Hero is going to have to play in crunch time and give him that extra boost of offense and show that he's at least somewhat capable, like adequate on the defensive end, like Duncan Robinson showed last year. Like as long as he's in the right spots, sort of like, you know, what the Sixers did with JJ Redick, you know, where he just knew where to be on the floor, even though he's short and he has alligator arms. As long as he's in the right spots and he knows where to be and Spolster can trust him to be in those spots on the defensive end that he should play in crunch time. Yeah, yeah, I look alligator. at alligator. Yeah, I look at uh, funny because it's from Florida too. But uh, uh, I, I think for me, just the quick comparison. I think kind of what Norm Powell was. Obviously, Norm was a much better player on the defensive end. But like that role, like where you can maybe some games get twenty points or eighteen points from him, and he's playing good shooting, like good shooting, and he can sub in for one of those players that's not having a good night, and you're not losing production. That's kind of what you expect from Hero and. This is his year. Like he's gonna have a lot less attention on him with Lowry being in the fold. So we'll see what happens with this team. Josh, man, you already said it. The biggest factor of them all is that he's a new baby daddy. You of all people would know. Gives you superpowers, doesn't it? Yep, I haven't missed a shot since uh, we had a baby. So <laughs> I also haven't taken a shot. <laughs> Checks out. Well, I guess you uh, can't miss any of the shots that you don't take either. Yeah, you know? somebody said that. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like a thing. Uh, let's move on. The Indiana Pacers, guys. Uh, Raj, you, you like Indiana, right? You like big big men in the paint. You're a banger. <laughs> Who's your X Factor for it. this Indiana team? <laughs> Am I allowed to say TJ Warren? <laughs> uh, seeing as he's not going to play, no. Oh, no, you're not. I think that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty funny, though, if you do. <laughs> Shows how optimistic yeah, but- you are. How about the other TJ, TJ McConnell? But uh, no, um, he's probably going to have to average nine steals a game for this team to make any big impact. Um, this one's a tough, tough team to look at because they obviously have their two star players. Um, but obviously we'll go with uh, Miles Turner. Uh, he's kind of been relegated to a more of a role player 
um, with the kind of emergence of Sabonis and and how they're running their offense nowadays. But I think with Turner, if he can coexist a bit more with Sabonis, I think this could help them. And ultimately, I think Turner may be a piece that gets traded just because I think uh, Indiana might look to go the other direction. So I think it's important for him to play well because if he plays well, then great. If not, they may have to trade him and get another piece. Yeah, we've been saying that for like three years now, thinking that Miles Turner is going to get traded. So maybe this year is the year. Who knows? But um, yeah, I don't know. This one is a tough one. I mean, the Pacers are the most boring team in the NBA. I know I've said this before, but they are just excruciating to watch. And they have Karis LeVert now. I like his game and everything, but I I guess he would be my X factor ultimately. I mean, he's still an improving young player. Um, he played pretty well when he came back uh, last year after that scare with his, uh, I think it was his kidney, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they have a pretty decent starting lineup. It's just, I'm not sure what Carlisle's going to do different with this team. If they're going to split up the big guys more and just maybe not even start Turner or not start Sabonis. I mean, you have to start Sabonis, you would think, right? But Turner is the key to the team, obviously, with his defensive impact. But I'm going to go with Levert, and, you know, if he can stay healthy throughout the course of the regular season, maybe Indiana can be a playoff team. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this team is not very exciting whatsoever. I'm on their basketball reference page looking at their team payroll, and uh, my X Factor is Monte Ellis. 35 (laughs) years old, still getting paid $2.2 million from this team, even though he hasn't played in the NBA in, like, five or six years. Far as playing on the same level, competing every night, both ends, shoot inside, outside, fast break, transition. Monte Ellis have it all. So, uh, you know, shouts to Monte Ellis. Good for him. That's, Shout out to him. A- he might be good probably if they can get some vintage Monte Ellis it add some excitement to their team. Yeah. <laughs> Not even vintage. I'll take current Monte Ellis on this team, man. <laughs> Just I mean, for excitement. You can you can yeah. buy a lot of mopeds for two point two million. <laughs> hey man, at least he was wearing his helmet. Oh man. Okay, let's move on. My Detroit Pistons are up next on this uh, you know, little whirlwind that we got going here. And obviously they had number one pick. Cade Cunningham joins the team. And our favorite Canadians, Kelly Olinick. Trey Lyles and Corey Joseph are on this team, guys. Corey Joseph? Strictly for tickets. Strictly for tickets. Oh, of course, man. That drive from Toronto to Detroit is quick. You can see a a team or a game in Detroit for like a three-hour drive, maybe 20 bucks to get decent seats. Yeah. Yo, I'm down, man. You want to make the ride, Raj? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) This guy. Uh, but realistically, my X factor for this team, I really have no idea. Oh, come like on. the natural selection is. Well, this is your team, Peter. Hold on. The obvious selection is Cade Cunningham, right? He's number one pick. He's going to get all the accolades, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to choose him. I think it's too obvious. So uh, I'm going to go with a guy that hasn't gotten much love over the couple of years. But Sadiq Bey. Nice little bench guy. You know, he's not going to be like, I, I don't think he's going to take. Uh, like a lot of time away from Jeremy Grant. But he's a good shooter. He's going to come off the bench most likely. But I think by halfway through the year, he'll be starting. Man, you don't even know your own team. What an embarrassment. Yeah. Who are you going to choose as your X Factor on Sadiq Bey is a starter, first of all. And they're putting a lot of time and investment <laughs> in him. He's going to be starting at the three. 
No, he's not. I guarantee you he's a starter on day one. He was starting throughout the course of the last, what, 30, 40 games mm. of last year? Mm. Peter. Ugh. Yeah, he did start towards I'm the end of the year. I'm embarrassed for you. Right. Yeah. Yo, what, okay, on the real though, when was the last time you watched the Detroit Pistons I've game? seen their box <laughs> scores. I have not watched their games, but I know that he was starting. <laughs> I added him in fantasy, and he had a couple pretty good games, actually. And he's another guy in the yeah, summer Monday, league. Like great. He showed that he shouldn't be there because he's too good for it. But ultimately... Well, then boom, even better. My selection works perfectly. He's there. not going to be a bench just guy. Just remove though. my... No chance to bench Remove guy. my bench guy part. Who's starting over just him? Just remove my bench guy part. Who's hmm? starting over him? Over who? Sadiq Bey. I don't know. I actually didn't look at oh, the lineup, to be honest. <laughs> I guess Diallo could okay, start but- at the three, potentially, but I don't think he's going to. But um, my X factor for this team would be Isaiah Stewart. I think that uh, he needs to become like a Clint Capella type in order for this team, or in order for him to like, you know, grow as a player and be one of the better centers in the league. He was actually hitting some threes last year too, which is surprising. But he's a high energy guy. He's big too. Like even though he's short, he's stocky, and he knows how to use his muscle, and he he knows how to bang with guys. Like he's actually pretty stout. He's sort of like OG, right? Like he's a smaller guy that knows how to guard bigger players. Because he has a low center of gravity, and he's got a big old ass, I guess. But um, he showed some things in the <laughs> second part of the year, and I think that if he becomes like a starting center on this team, and they don't have to pay up to get one later on in two or three years from now, like that'd be huge for them. He's got a Ben Wallace type body, except you know Ben Wallace had to play against Shaq, and Sadiq Bay is not playing against Shaq, so playing against Joel Embiid's <laughs> close. And by Sadiq Bey, I definitely meant Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. That's my Isaiah bad. Stewart. Got Bey on the mind. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah, goodness, yeah. man. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm going to choose a player that hasn't been mentioned in Josh Jackson. I thought uh, he was a, what, a fourth-round pick a few years ago. And um, not fourth-round, first-round first pick, fourth pick overall. Um, he came to this team with kind of uh, a label of a bust and – We'll see this year. This year is the f- this year he has an opportunity. There's not many guys ahead of him. He'll probably end up starting. Okay, okay, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have so many guys starting in this lineup now. <laughs> like, what is going on here? He's not going to start. Okay, so Cade Cunningham. No, yeah, he is. Not. Let me tell you who the starters are going to be for this team. All right, starters are going to be from last year. Killian Hayes is going to start a point guard. You think Killian Hayes is going to start no, over Cade? No, Cade Hunt Cunningham. They're invested in him. It's going to be Killian and Cade like they did in the summer league. Hmm. Sadiq Bey is going to start at the three. Hmm. Grant is going to start at the four. And Isaiah is going to start at the five. Okay. okay. I, I don't doubt that. But how many games does K- Killian Hayes actually finish? It depends how invested they are in him, right? Because they've changed their management team, it's, right? So how much... They did, but they still have doing Casey coaching. So... How long does it take for Dwayne Casey to get annoyed with this kid? Because it doesn't take long for Dwayne Casey. Honestly, yeah, I see this as like Three a Hoffman Arujo situation where like management is telling <laughs> the coach you have to play this guy. And that's what happened with him the first two years of his career, right? He wasn't any good. Woo. Killian Hayes also was not good at all <laughs> last year, but they've invested. What this, oh, he was an awful yeah, last year. Yeah, they invested the seventh pick in the draft for him. So he's not, not going to start the year. Like He's going to get his chances. And ultimately, it just depends how he plays up like he's one of the guys in the summer league the opposite of what we've talked about so far he did not look like one of the guys who should not be there he needed the development and he was shooting like 30 percent in the summer league it's pathetic 
So. <laughs> it's an embarrassment. Okay, okay. You know what? I, I agree with your Ooh. starting lineup. I think Cade starts. I think Josh Jackson is the starting two. Over Killian instead of being at the one? Yep. Yeah, I think Killian will back up Cade Cunningham. And then you'll have, uh, like, at, at the two, you'll have either, obviously, Corey Joseph, because uh, Dwayne Casey has something special going on for him, um, backing up at the two. And then uh, you'll have Diallo and uh, kind of backing up at the three or four. And that's about it, really. And then Kelly Olenek at the backup five. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think uh, I think Josh has convinced me that Killian Hayes is going to start. 100%. But oh I don't think God. he. I don't oh. think he'll play a lot of minutes. I think he's gonna end up playing like around twenty minutes a game, in case he's just gonna lose so, it. Yeah. On. So so like a Mark Fultz situation. Like he starts for a bit and then they just drop his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll end up being the case, which is unfortunate because he's like nineteen or twenty, right? Like he's still really young. Hopefully he can pull it together, but. Major project, major project. I, I think ultimately, though, the guy that's going to supplant him um, at the starting spot, you know, 30, 40 games in is going to be Diallo because Diallo really showed some improvement last year and he's a guy that competes on the defensive end too. So I think Casey likes him and he just, he goes to the basket like almost nobody in this league besides like Westbrook. Like he just gets in there. He's like a bull in the China shop. He doesn't care who's in front of him, which I sort of like. I want I want the Pistons to just go all big and just run a lineup of like Cunningham, Bay, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olynyk, and Isaiah Stewart. That's the lineup I want to still... see. But you have like Olynyk who doesn't really like playing the five. Obviously, is like a stretch four, and then Isaiah Stewart who's undersized at the five. It's 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 a big so? lineup, but it's like yeah. so who cares? Yeah. All they need to do is rebound and push the ball, Raj. Also, I like that they got Olenek. Uh, Casey though. loves. I think Olenek's going to be a really good fit with Cade. I think they're going to develop really good yeah. chemistry. He's going to be like the guy in closing lineups, like Peter said. Yeah, Olenek is yeah, crazy Olenek... nice, man. He's so underutilized because he can't defend for shit. Yeah, I... But like otherwise, he's great. Good trade piece too. I think. Yeah, I think uh, Olenek would be my backup uh, X factor for this team. You know what? I'm changing my X factor to Kelly Olenek. I'm moving on, guys. Okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Right, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i don't even want to talk about this team the cleveland cavaliers josh what kind of sex land is it is your x factor here <laughs> i mean the easy choice is sexton since he wants 30 million a year in his extension but i'm not going to choose him uh for me it's between mobley and markinen and what they hmm. do with those guys because i think only one of those guys can start and i think that markinen's probably going to start the year at power forward I think they're going to bring Mobley off the bench just to bring him along more slowly. But he's still going to get his minutes. He's still going to get like 25, 30 minutes a game. So, yeah, give me Markkinen because Markkinen has a lot to prove. Even though he got his contract and he got his $16 million a year, he's got to prove it now. Like, he's got to show that he can be a multidimensional player, not just a spot-up foot eleven guy who doesn't rebound. You don't want to become the next Bargnani. Yeah, the Finnish Bargnani. Oh, man, um, that's rough. Like, at a- for Ikea commercials instead of Primo Pasta. But yeah, I think Laurie Markkinen has to be the guy. Uh, obviously, you have Sexton and Garland, Sexland, and Allen is their kind of their big three. Um, so Markkinen, really, uh, if he plays well, this team may be able to win 30 games. <laughs> what a benchmark. 30? <laughs> wow. 
I was thinking like 25 at most, man. No, no, if he plays well. Like, I no. mean, like, uh, Kevin Lovewell. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yo, Raj, remember how high we used to be on Torian Prince? Like, four years ago, five years ago? Remember yeah, how great was, he was? Uh, the Atlanta, like, we're like, man, he's like um, an improved Damari Carroll. And then it ended up being <laughs> he he's the exact same thing as Damari Carroll. You guys know he's on the Timberwolves now, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. but he's still getting paid by the Cavs. Really? Wait, says in basketball reference. Yeah, that can't be right. So it might be that the trade hasn't gone through yet. Like fully gone through. I don't know, man. He's on Cavaliers payroll page on basketball reference. Weird. Yeah. I don't care. None my point about Torian Prince still stands. Washed up Damari Carroll player at twenty seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of washed up, Kevin Love is still on this team. Uh does Kevin Love get traded this year? Or bought out? Yes. No. Not bought out. Traded. Traded for who? <laughs> John Wall. Someone else that's... Yeah, John. <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. Imagine John Wall with uh, Colin Sexton. That'd be so fast. And Darius Gar- and Garland. It'd be so You're fast. You're basically putting him in the exact same high. position, but in the East, where he has to play behind two guards where he's just not going to play because, you know, he doesn't want to show that these young guys are better than him, but, you know, he also doesn't want to be off the bench. So, I, I don't think that would work. <laughs> I didn't say it would work. I just said it'd be sick to watch. Yeah. Like, may- maybe sick in, like, a tormenting kind of way, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's move Let's move on from the Cavs, man. Screw this team. They're going back to irrelevancy, just like pre- and post-LeBron days. Uh, Raj, why don't you talk to me about my beloved Chicago Bulls? Who do you have for this team? Oof, the Chicago Bulls. I feel like we can name a, th- a few players that are, st- like, stars on this team, and we're expecting them to produce... Uh, I'm going to have to defer to Josh because I have to really think about this. I mean, I think it has to be Lonzo Ball, right? They give him the big contract. He's going to have all the opportunities at point guard to prove himself. And he really has to be the guy that gets them into their offense quickly, plays really good defense, do all the things that he's good at, but do it consistently. That's what makes a really good player, right? And the problem with Lonzo is he has these flashes. Like, he has these triple doubles every three or four games. And then in the two or three games in between, he puts up five points, six rebounds, and five assists, right? So he's just got to maintain that level of consistency and be the leader, like a leader for this team, especially, you know, on the offensive end and making sure that everybody gets their touches and he can be relied upon still to make, you know, as high of a percentage of shots from the three-point line they did last year. Yeah, I don't see who else it could be. With the way that we've, you know, characterized X Factor as being like a non, like primary star, so obviously we're not looking at, you know, the star of exactly. the Bulls, Zach Levine, or even Demar Derozan, right? Like he's still the highest paid player. He's the biggest name, technically the biggest name. It would have to be Lonzo, naturally. Uh, the other guy I would mention is Patrick. Yeah, Williams, I'd go with Lonzo because he's going to start at the four, and he's going to be the guy that's going to be dependent upon to stop the other team's best player. And they have really high hopes for him. They think that maybe he can become the next Jimmy Butler, which is it's possible. And he showed some flashes last year. Played really well in the Summer League, going back to Summer League again. But, um, you know, he's got to be a guy that can play 35-plus minutes a game for this team because they don't have too many guys on the wing off the bench um, that can play really good defense and fill in the gaps and maybe hit some spot-up threes. Yeah, I wouldn't want to rely on a 20-year-old to be my be my guy i do like the lonzo pick though because 
I think he's going to have great chemistry with Zach Levine and DeMar. Like, I think they're just going to get out there and run a lot. I know, Josh, you don't think DeMar is, you know, a fast player anymore or isn't as fast as he, he used isn't. to be, which he's not. He's 30. He's 32. He can't be as fast as he used to be. He's not LeBron, you know. But that being said, I still think that they can still run and gun with Lonzo and Zach Levine very easily. And I might remind you that they still got Derek Derek Jones Jr., over the offseason. He's not a big star, but dude is 24 and has crazy hops. So obviously this team's going to run a lot. Besides, you know, having DeMar and Nikola Vucevic on their team. I do like how this team picked up all the Raptors retreads, though. They got Matt Thomas. They got Alizé Johnson, who was a training camp guy for the Raptors, I believe. And they got mm-hmm. Stanley Johnson. And Stanley Johnson. Yeah. And DeMar yeah. DeRozan. And DeMar DeRozan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go with Alonzo uh, Ball as well, I think. It kind of makes sense. I, I was thinking between him or Kobe White, just because Kobe White had a chance to run the offense last year. And he was terrible. Um, and he was. <laughs> yeah, and, and I I just wonder, do they relegate him to running the second unit? Uh, how many minutes does he get? But I, again, he's not going to play as much as Lonzo will. So I think Lonzo is really the factor, especially on the defensive end of the of ball as well, stopping the other team's point guard. Yeah. All right, let's move on, guys. Let's go to the Charlotte Hornets. Obviously, LaMelo Ball is their big guy, you know, the star of the team. But I'm looking at a guy like Miles Bridges as my X Factor, you know, going into his third year. Third year? Fourth year, sorry. Fourth year. And realistically, last year, he excelled with LaMelo. Did I say Lonzo Ball earlier? If I did, my bad. But with LaMelo Ball, man, Miles Bridges just had, like, the chemistry was just perfect, right? Like, they just read each other like, so well, you if you watched, like, off-season NBA stuff, you saw them together a lot at these, like, training videos during summer league. These guys were together. And if you're spending that much time with your teammates, that means your chemistry is going up. And I think he's going into a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. So, Miles Bridges, man, he's going to get a lot of run this year. He had a lot of games that were, like, 20, 25 points last year where he carried Charlotte's offense, and I think it's just going to continue. So I, I see nothing wrong with this, man. Miles Bridges is going to pop. Oh, yeah. He has to be the X factor for this team, especially being one of the more dominant. Like on this team, if you look at the front court, like he is the guy um, that they expect production from. They've historically had a bad history with centers. So um, he's he has to produce. And I see him kind of having a situation similar to uh, John Collins. Uh, in the sense that he he may not have numbers-wise as big of a year, but I think contributing in all facets of the game, really complementing the guard play, will be big for him. And I think he's going to have a great year. For me, it's P.J. Washington. Um, if you look at this team's roster construction, they ha- they literally have one center on the team. And then they have Kai Jones, who's a rookie, who's probably not going to play a lot. And they played P.J. Washington at the center a lot last year. And this is a team that played ultra-fast. And I think they should just go all in on that and just play P.J. Washington as their starting center and play Mason Plumlee off the bench. Sorry, is it Mason Plumlee? I keep getting confused. <laughs> yeah, Mason. Mason yeah. yeah. <laughs> play him off the bench and just go all in on playing fast. And then you bring Ish Smith in the game once, you know, LaMelo comes out. So you're not really losing anything there in terms of speed. So <laughs> P.J. Washington has really had his moments, especially last year. He put up some massive games. But again, going back to the whole consistency thing, like he needs to be a guy you can rely on to defend bigger players and have to come up with different schemes in order to hide them when they're playing against teams like, you know, Denver and Philadelphia. 
So I think he's my guy. He needs to be able to play 35 plus minutes this year instead of 30. Yeah, you're not missing much once you put Ish Smith on for the mellow ball. It's hilarious. That's, no, that's in terms of quickness, I said. <laughs> Ish is nice. Though. I like Ish. So we all love Ish Smith, man. Come on now. Uh, yeah, PJ. Game player in all of us. <laughs> it's true. PJ Washington is nice, though. He's a good pick. And uh, I think he's up for a contract extension this year, too, right? Like he's got a team option following this year. So he's going to try to get paid. Or at least get an extension going because, you know, why not? It's a nice young core and that's something you want to grow with as a player. Uh, who wants the unfortunate favor of doing the Brooklyn Nets? This one's pretty easy. I think it has to be Joe Harris or Claxton. Um, one of those two. I think Joe Harris obviously had a good year last year. Kind of a weak playoff performance. Um, just wasn't finding his shot. Um, but I'm going to go with him. Uh, he's going to have a lot of open looks. He has to produce. He has to be shooting like uh, close to 37, 38% from three for them to really be firing at all cylinders, especially because I'm going to call it one of the big three is going to get injured. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a season ending injury, but I think they have a suspect injury history. They're all getting a bit older. Um, so I, I think Joe Harris has to step up and I think they'll be fine, but. He's my X factor. I don't think it can be him anymore because they can just easily replace him in the playoffs if he's not shooting as well as Patty Mills. And Patty Mills has been there before, and he's been a guy who's hit big shots in the playoffs. So you're not losing anything there by you know taking out Harris and putting in Mills because they have so many options on the wing. Um, this is the one team where the X factor has to be one of the stars, I think. Um, I mean, it's probably Durant if you want to look at it that way. Um, but I'm going to choose Irving just because he's always injured all the time, especially in the playoffs. If you look at his playoff record, I think he's been injured at least three of the years where he didn't play a majority of the games. So I think ultimately he's their X factor. Uh, if you actually, if you actually listen to a lot of the stuff that comes out of their camp, uh, James, James Harden is supposed to be like one of their more vocal leaders off the, of the big three, right? Like. He's a guy that sort of puts everyone together and, you know, does all this and that and is a rah-rah kind of guy. Let's go to so. the strip club, you know, like that, hey. that kind of leader. Hey, man, <laughs> if that's how you bring your team together, that's how you bring your team together, you know? I'm not going to hate on the guy for that. And also there's, uh, that, there's, uh, so many... there's that mandate in New York City right now where you have to be vaccinated in order to, uh, you know, play in these games or play in these practices. And he's for sure one of the guys that's not vaccinated yet. <laughs> One of, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure we can name a few <laughs> off this team that we know are not. So it'll be interesting to see how this team turns out. I mean, there's so many other guys you can choose from as well, right? Like Blake Griffin obviously came off of Detroit and started dunking again. Nick Claxton is going to be that developing young guy that they're going to need. In all honesty, LaMarcus Aldridge coming out of his retirement. Luckily, he seems healthy now. Bruce Brown played five for them last year and he was like 6'4". So, you know, that was cool. Uh, basically, any of these guys. Paul Millsap, my boy out of Denver. Shit. You know, there's a lot of guys that you can choose from. So, take your pick, basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, let's move on. The Boston Celtics. I think this one is obvious. It's got to be Robert Williams. He's not Jason Tatum. He's not Jalen Brown. But he's the big, right? Like, he's going to be that guy that they need to anchor their defense He's going to be that lob threat for anything that's coming down there. 
And if he can stop fouling players all the time, if he can stop fouling attackers or just fouling on defense in general, he's going to be their main guy. Otherwise, it's you're going to be seeing a lot of Al Horford down the stretch. But hopefully Robert Williams can stay out of foul trouble because this dude is like a young DeAndre Jordan out there. And he can be really nice for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was huge in the playoffs when he actually played. Um, he obviously got injured in the last game, but he had a 10-block game, I believe. And he's just super active when he does play. He's a really good passer, too, which is surprising. He's actually got a lot of skills. And, uh, you know, you know, going back to the whole Isaiah Stewart-Clint Capella comparison, like Robert Williams is pretty close right now, I think, to being what Capella is right now. So I think he's maybe like a year away from being like a – 15 and 15 type of guy as long as he stays healthy but that's the biggest thing with him he's got all the skills he's got all the talent in the world it's just a matter of staying healthy and being able to be a 25 plus minute per game guy which is something he's never been before so this is obviously a huge year for him and a guy like Horford is not going to play over him if he's actually able to play because he is a really good player he's got to learn to not jump yeah. at uh pump fakes so that dude is always in the air, man. Like you need to ground yourself when you're playing defense. He's trying to bump his stats, but yeah, it has to be Robert Williams. I think this is one of the more obvious ones. Yeah. All right, last team in the Eastern Conference, guys. Let's hit up the Atlanta Hawks real quick. And I don't know, Raj, who do you think is your X factor for this team? Am I allowed to say John Collins, or is he considered too big to be? Uh... One of their big three. Uh, you know what? I'm going to allow it. I was basically just not going to let you say Trey Young or Solomon Hill. So you can say John Collins. <laughs> yeah, well, Trey, if Solomon Hill can get those injuries stats up, if he can uh, knock out a few players from the East, they have a good path then. But uh, no, I, I'm going to go with John Collins. Uh, he gives them versatility. Um, he kind of is that player that, if Trey Young is getting doubled, he's able to kind of exploit the mismatches. Uh, and he's, he's again, still improving his game. Uh, he didn't have as good of a year uh, numbers-wise, but I think, obviously, if you look at how they performed in the playoffs, they went uh, beyond expectation. So it has to be John Collins. I'm going to go with somebody different. I'm going to choose um, DeAndre Hunter because, you know, this team made uh, the third round of the playoffs, conference finals, without him, essentially, because he had a... It, was, it wasn't a torment. It was a torment And he's going to come into the year, I believe he's healthy. And, you know, getting a guy like that who showed major improvement in his second year when a lot of people are questioning the pick going into the year, a guy that can actually make shots off the dribble, hit threes consistently, and he's a really good defensive player. He's sort of like the OG Ananobi of this team. And I think if he's healthy, like, they could potentially make the finals, maybe? Whoa, okay. Hey, if everything goes right, they almost made it last year, Ooh. right? A lot of things have to go their way, obviously. And they have a lot of pieces to trade, too. Like, you have a lot of guys coming up oh. with contract extensions. You're not going to keep all those guys. Like, Herder or Cam Reddish will not be on the team next year. So if you trade one of those guys and some future picks, maybe you can end up with a really good player. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Maybe I'm crazy. But I think from, like, top 15 guys, I think they have the most complete roster. Yeah. Like uh like if you go just through the list, Bo uh, yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Clint Capella, John Collins, Diang, Gallinari, uh Herder, Hunter, like TLC, uh Radish, Lou Williams, Trey, obviously, and we can't forget Hill. 
Yeah, I mean, on this team, like, Williams may not even play a lot of these games because DeLon Wright is on the team now. And, uh, you know, Kongwu, yeah. who showed a lot in the playoffs, I think, and could potentially be a starting center in the future for them, you know, once Clint Capella starts to get old. Um, he tore up his shoulder, I think, so he's not going to play in the first six months of the year. But, you know, replacing him with Deng is, is huge because Jeng is just a guy that can fill in and be a good defensive presence and be solid in 15 minutes a game. But, yeah, their roster is really deep. And, again, you're going to have at least one of those guys, one of the young guys coming off the bench with Herder or Reddish. And having internal competition like that to see who's the starter. Actually, both of them will be coming off the bench then, right? Both. Yeah, it's both of them. So both. Look how deep they are. I mean, Bogdanovich, we haven't even talked about him. He's going to be the starting two. And you have those two wings coming yeah. off the bench with uh, the guys we mentioned before. It's They might be a number one seed this year. Yeah, you know what? Bo- Bogey was going to be my pick. Me. Who? Bogey. Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy is just like, oh, you know, whatever. We already know how deep this team is. But Bogdanovich last year when Trey Young went out with an injury, for I think, like, just after the All-Star break, uh, Bogdanovich, like, couldn't miss. Like, there was a stretch where this dude was shooting, like, 60 or 70% for a good, like, two weeks. As a two-guard? That was, like, absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, I just, I love Bogdanovich's game. I'm sure, like, everyone else here does as well, so he's my guy. The Hawks are going to be the number one seed. Book it. You know who's not going to be the number one seed, Josh? The Minnesota Timberwolves. As we are... As we are recording this, the Minnesota Timberwolves announced that they are departing with Gerson Rosas, who was their bas- head of basketball ops for two, maybe three years? Since 2019, they long. dismissed him, which means they fired him. <laughs> it's been two years. Like, what are you expecting? I don't understand what's going on. Uh, two years, and uh, this guy brought in Cat's best friend. That's his major move. Maybe that's why they didn't like I, him. Yeah, I, I think that's justified cause for firing. But they should have fired him after the trade then. Or just not allowed him to make the trade. Like, obviously, the owner has last say in this. And he obviously allowed it to go through. So, what are we doing here? And obviously, the next GM that comes in is expected to make a big splash. So, I think they have to be the leaders in the Ben Simmons, uh, you know, sprint right now. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Marks tweeted, In the two weeks, Gerson Rosas was allowed to make the Patrick Beverly trade, bring back Jared Vanderbilt, Jordan McLaughlin and signed first-round pick Leandro Balmaro. Now six days before training camp, Minnesota is looking for a new head of basketball ops. <laughs> what the this fuck? team is always such a mess. Like oh. you, want, you like every year they go into the I year where they they have some good players. And you're like, okay, maybe they can be a thirty-plus win team, and maybe you know, Cat being a top five player in the league, maybe he can push them to forty wins or be in like the play-in tournament if everything goes right. And then something massive always happens that just pushes them right back down the standings. Not quite to where they're like an Orlando or OKC level team, but in the middle where they're picking guys like Jared Culver at six or seven. You know, it just—I feel sorry for their I can't fans. Believe you, I can't believe you tried to fit in that cat's a top five. No, no, no. I said when he's playing like a top five player, which he was in the past. He had like a three-month span when he was that good. No, no, no. Let's relax. There was yeah. two years where they did a survey after the year was over. They said, what young player would you choose to lead a franchise with? Who was number one those two years? Carl Anthony Towns. That's No, that is not. He's a top five player. No, I'm saying if he played Come like on, a top man. five player, then they could be a 41 team, right? Re- relax. But I agree. Who's owning? Is this A-Rod's team now? 
Like, Glenn Taylor is completely out? No, I think there's a transition period where he's going to show them the ropes, I guess. I think it's like a three-year period. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> But he's still the he's still the owner yeah, right now. He announced the uh, resignation or the termination, I guess I should say. So, <laughs> who did? Glenn Showing Taylor. them the ropes, man. Oh my <laughs> goodness, man! Carl Anthony Towns just tweeted out WTF dot dot dot. Oh, God. All right, funny. here we go. Oh. Who's where's Carl Anthony Towns going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywhere but where Minnesota. D'Lo and Catco. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna go together. They're going straight to the PlayStation Network, guys. <laughs> oh man that's crazy stuff alright well that's a nice note to end on this is fun let's terminate this as well I want to thank everyone for listening please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes give us those 5 stars give us those comments we're on all the major podcast platforms hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. and until next time peace peace